Welcome to the Word from the Ancient Path, Stories and Sermons for the Journey, a channel of blessing and encouragement for friends all over the world to hear and experience how God speaks and works through ordinary people with an extraordinary calling. We have stories of bringing good news, connecting in Christ, and building the kingdom. And we have the Word of God declared through the pastors and missionaries of Ancient Path Ministries, La Iglesia Volviendo a la Senda Antigua. I'm your guide, Pastor Kevin Job. I'm very happy to be with you. Our ministry was founded by Pastors Jose Santiago and Yamile Cruz in Jovellanos, Cuba. And my wife, Tani, and I serve as chief connection makers in the United States. Our team of pastors, missionaries, advisors, and kingdom servants is dedicated to planting churches and spreading the reach of the gospel. And so we pray that you are blessed and inspired by these sermons and reflections and the testimony of what God has done and is doing in and through us. Hey, welcome back. If you missed us last week, we heard the first part of a sermon from Pastor Jose Santiago. It's called, What Are You Doing While Waiting for Your Moment to Arrive? He talked to us about the importance of proper preparation if we wish for our efforts to hit the bullseye when the moment comes that they are unleashed by God. And three biblical examples can help us to see this in action. Now, last time we heard the story of how Elisha had well-prepared shoulders when his mentor Elijah passed on the mantle as prophet of the people of Israel. Now listen, some great composers, artists, writers, even engineers have left behind unfinished works. You know, Mozart's Requiem, Duke Ellington's jazz opera Queenie Pie, Charles Dickens' The Mystery of Edwin Drood, or even, you know, the Cincinnati Subway. Anyway, it's the same with my little brother. The existing recording of Pastor Jose's preaching doesn't quite complete the message. So, as his big brother who knew him well, I've taken the liberty of composing a coda of sorts, and hopefully this will bring the work to a satisfying conclusion. So, here you have part two of this now collaborative work. There's a purpose we have, my dear brothers and sisters. A purpose that we have to live out for God. Every man and every woman of God has purpose in his or her life. A few days ago, like maybe three days ago or so, someone called my son, Davisito, and, and told him there was going to be a praise team rehearsal. I, I didn't know what time the thing was or, or what was going on, but it was an extra rehearsal time, and it, it wasn't a mandatory practice. But I looked at him, and I said, Son, you really need to be there. Everything in life. Every purpose of God and every goal is going to come with sacrifice. And if you one day want to live out the dream and the purpose that God has given you, I mean, because God had told Dobby that one day he'd carry him to the nations and, and that one day he was going to lift him up to give the Lord praise and to give him glory as a musician. So I said to him, make the sacrifice. Get ready. Right now. And he said, but Dad, it's... I said, son, prepare yourself. If you want to get to the big stuff, you have to start walking and you have to start preparing in the small stuff. Start to do something and start to get yourself ready for the big thing that's coming. Start walking and start doing something toward the purpose for which God is calling you. Can the church say amen? I think so. Now, biblical example number two. What was King David doing when his big moment had yet to come? Well, first of all, what was the moment in which we could say that King David got his big career breakthrough? I think we could be in agreement, right? When David came out to meet that big, ugly giant, Goliath. That's sort of the moment when David becomes a big deal for all of Israel. Now, yeah, he'd already been serving in the court of King Saul, but up to this point, David had been someone who was largely anonymous. Um, he was like invisible, really. Up to this point, he was largely an unknown. But 
when he shows up that day, that morning, when his father had sent him, right? His father sent him out. And Well, let's look at the passage in 1 Samuel. It's in 1 Samuel 16, 33 to 36. 1 Samuel chapter 16 from 33 to 36. So what was David doing when his brothers had gone out to war? He was doing what? Yeah, he was shepherding sheep. He, he was taking care of his father's flock. You might be able to say, or you might be able to think that this wasn't anything significant or that it wasn't worth much. So just exactly what was David doing during that time before his big moment arrived? Sometimes we think that, you know, our big moment's just going to show up and it's going to explode out of nowhere and everything's coming up roses and, and it just comes out instantly as it should, right? But I want to tell you something. Beforehand, God is going about preparing you and preparing the moment as well. He, he's moving you, right? He moves you upward step by step so that you will be able to get this fullness. You, you can arrive at this moment when you're going to shine and, and you're going to find yourself in this moment, right? This moment of anointing over your life. So, you know, you might be able to say that David was just this little shepherd with his sheep. He's just over here with, all chilled out with the little lambs, right? And, and the sheep, well, they had to have been the best sheep, right? The sheep were calm and things, you know? They're, and there's no danger, right? Everything was just, it was all good, you know? But let's see what the Word has to say about that. In, in chapter 17 of 1 Samuel, 16, excuse me, of 1 Samuel, it says that when David got out to the Israelite army camp, he found the Philistine army was out in front of them. The whole army, you can picture it like you've seen in the movies, you know, the, the armies, one facing off against the other. Anybody seen the movie Troy? Uh, that movie Troy, it's a, it's a great movie. I highly recommend it. Really, really good. Anyway, the armies are facing off against each other, and then sometimes one warrior will come out to challenge the entirety of the other army. He'll say something like, send out one of your best warriors against me, and the one who wins, well, his army is the victor. In place of a fight to death with everyone, it can simply be a duel between those two soldiers. One of them dies, and then the battle is finished, and the winner gets the rights to all of his opponent's belongings, the spoils of war, so to speak. So here you have these two armies lined up against each other, and they've been out there now for 40 days. Picture that, 40 days, a month and a half, right? A month and a half from the Philistine army, uh, this guy had emerged. He was a giant, a man of huge stature. Now, when we start to talk about giants, I don't mean like some huge thing you see in a movie who's as tall as the castle tower. That's, that's not it at all. We're talking about an actual enormous man. A man who could stand twice as tall as whatever other guy was out there on the battlefield. And these giants existed, this race of people existed. There's data, there's scientific proof that, yes, they did exist. And this guy, he was a war machine, man. This man would have been a tremendous warrior, and not just for his size, but for his courage, his valor, and for his understanding of military strategy. I mean, this dude, when he went out to battle, who was going to come up against him? Who could possibly walk up and take on this giant? And so it had been 40 days now that the army of Israel had just stood there. And not one man stepped up to try and take him down. We're going to take a moment now for a short break. Stay with us for more on The Ancient Past. At Ancient Path Ministries, we hope to carry the light of the kingdom of God into places where it is most needed, to see people set free from what holds them captive. 
Now, our ministry is built on connections in Christ, and our financial foundation depends on the regular partnership of beloved friends such as you. If you would like to be a covenant financial partner or just simply contribute to the work of the ministry, visit our website at ancientpathministries.org. Check out the church in action and see how you can be a part of bringing good news, connecting in Christ, and building the kingdom. And we are back. So there they were, the entire Israelite army, scared to death and unable to move, just standing around. As Goliath challenged them, they stood there with their mouths hanging open and no one said a word in response. So when David gets there, he says, how's this possible? How is it even possible that the army of God, the all-powerful God, the God of the heavens, the God who frees us, the God who does so many things, how can it be that no one is able to confront this giant? Okay, look, if you guys aren't going to do it, then I'm going. And his brothers are like, no, 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 no. Look, David, David, shut up. You are a snot-nosed little punk. Go back home. And they just kept telling him to keep his mouth shut. But all this quarreling and all this discord between David and his brothers reaches the ears of the king. And the king tells his aide to call David over. So David comes over and he says to the king, how, how is it that you guys have spent so many days just standing here being dumbfounded by the giant? Don't, don't y'all trust God? And so then Saul, well, look what happens here in 1 Samuel 16.33. Saul says to David, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You're only a young man. And well, he's been a warrior from his youth. David says, listen, and listen closely here. David talks to the king. Listen very closely. I'm going to tell you what's been going on with David while David has been waiting for this breakthrough moment to arrive. In verse 34 and 35, David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it. I struck it down and I rescued the sheep from its mouth. And when it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, I struck it and killed it. So what was David doing while waiting for his moment? David was in training. David was not wasting time. Maybe David's position in the eyes of his brothers was pretty insignificant. Right? They're thinking, who's the most snot in those little brother we have? Well, we're going to put that one in charge of sheep babysitting, right? Dead sheep. But, you know, David took advantage of this time. He prepared. You know, a lot of times we can fall into thinking that if it's not time for a big breakthrough moment, then we don't have anything to do. I'll do it when the moment comes. Wrong. I'll do it when God lifts me up. Wrong. I'll start when God does something with me. Wrong. I'll start then. Nah. We don't place importance on and we don't take into account the fact that every moment that comes to us in this life, although it doesn't seem like anything transcendental, it's very important. It's fundamental, unique, unprecedented, and necessary. Every moment you're going to live before that big, tremendous moment, and, you know, that big God moment comes, every moment is important. It's fundamental. It's necessary. It is necessary for you to go through this time. It is necessary that you train in this time. And it's necessary that you become equipped in this time. I mean, imagine what it would have been like if David had only just been a little shepherd boy. If he was just some kid that dad sent out there to look after the sheep. And, and maybe then when a bear or a lion showed up, he'd just take off running home to daddy while the animals carried off a few sheep. But David said, no, 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 no. I'm going to get myself ready. And you, by the way, are not carrying off a single one of my sheep. 
here's the thing, don't, don't go forward without taking your primary responsibility very seriously. Have you been taking it seriously? The responsibility that God has placed in your hands, are, are you taking that seriously now and giving account to the little things that you're doing for God right here in this moment? It may very well be something significant that you're doing. So, so this little thing that God has placed in your hands, are you doing it well? Are you equipping yourself? Are you preparing? I mean, maybe I could have asked you this while you're working through really hard and you're studying during a college degree or something, or maybe when you're going through an economic crisis, right? I mean, there are people around who might have a good job, but they find themselves questioning, why am I going through a financial crisis? What good could it be to be an economic crisis? The thing is that getting the degree itself won't compare with what comes after. Those trials, those crises along the way, these are the moments that teach us that there are things that we have to take care of. I mean, look back at David. We, we always read and we talk a lot about David as this courageous warrior who slays the giant. But we never really talk so much about David as the shepherd guarding his father's sheep against lions and bears. We talk about the David who vanquished the giant, who took the sling and went to battle and killed the giant, and then afterward he cut off his head with his own knife. But, but no one ever really talks about that David who was out there in anonymity preparing for what was coming. I mean, we always hear about the David who played music for King Saul when he was tormented by the demons and those evil spirits that came against him, all of that. But we never talk about David alone with God, preparing. And not only just musically, but spiritually. No one speaks of this time in David's life. But in order for the moments of glory to arrive, there have to have been moments of preparation. So maybe, and I'm guessing it is so, that when David went through that period of being out there by himself, taking care of his father's sheep, he was also in full communion with the Lord. He was praying. And maybe he was there with his harp or lyre, I don't know, whatever instrument. But David was there playing, and not just preparing the music, but his spirit as well. And when the opportunity arose, and those evil spirits, when they heard the music that flowed from David's hands, they fled from its presence. What happens today when those evil spirits hear the music that we play? Do they turn tail and run, or do they just dance along to the tune? Seriously, what happens to those evil spirits? Do they dance, or do they flee when they hear our music? Example number three, the boy Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verses 18, 19, and 26. Samuel was just a little boy when he came to God's temple, to the house of the Lord. Samuel had been consecrated as an infant because he was an answered prayer to his mother who could not have children. And she had said to God, if you will give me a son, I'll give him back to you for all the days of his life. It says here in 1 Samuel 2.18 that Samuel was ministering before the Lord, a boy wearing a linen ephod. Each year his mother made him a little robe and took it when she went up with her husband to offer the annual sacrifice. And the boy Samuel continued to grow in stature and in favor with the Lord and with the people. What was Samuel doing as a little boy while waiting for his big moment? That moment would come when Samuel would take the position previously held by Eli. E Eli was the high priest, and the high priest was the one who talked to the people. He was basically the voice of God to the nation of Israel. But long before that big moment came when he was just a little kid, he was right there in the temple. And what was the young boy Samuel doing? While the sons of Eli, who supposedly were to follow in their dad's footsteps, were dedicating themselves to sin, to being wicked men with no knowledge of God and living in a bad way, 
There, right there with them, was this young man growing up in the midst of a perverse generation, but he was keeping watch and preparing for his moment to arrive. Now, where are the middle school kids right here in the church? Middle school kids, where are you? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, how old are you guys? I need to tell you something. From a much younger age, the boy Samuel, from a much earlier time in his life than your age right now, the young Samuel was ministering in God's temple. Samuel was preparing for the moment when he would become the spiritual leader of God's people. And your time to prepare is right now. Oh, let he who has ears to hear listen to what the Spirit is saying to the church, to young people and to not so young people. Get ready. Get ready for that breakthrough discovery. Get ready to yield the best crop ever. Get ready for the wedding celebration and the honeymoon. Get ready to win the gold medal. One day you're going to be called on to lift up the bow and unleash the arrow. And today is the day to draw it back and hold it firm under tension. Today is the day to plant and tend to the seeds, to tend to the simple things, to the little things, to be about your father's business. Rehearse your craft and prepare your spirit. Serve what you can now. Take aim at the target right here, right now. Hitting the target and following your calling will require strength and sacrifice. You might have to leave a whole lot of hard work and effort behind you before you ever see the harvest, but get ready. Your older siblings and your friends might make fun of you, call you a snot-nosed little punk. Get ready. You're going to need to devote yourself to the small things that God has laid before you right now. Because as the scripture tells us, he who is faithful in the small things will then be trusted with great things. Get ready. When your big moment comes, when that breakthrough is about to happen, be prepared. What are you doing right now while waiting for your moment to arrive? This brings us to the end of our time for today. Thank you so much for being with us. Join us next time as we continue to explore the Word of God and the witness of His people. And again, be sure to check out our webpage, ancientpathministries.org. Like and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Ancient Path Ministries. Until next time, we pray God blesses you richly. Go and be the church.